it is now up to you, strategic critical thinker who just went to college, to figure out how you are going to magically jump over this gap. And you're allowed to do that and you don't need to like wait for permission to like learn it in an official internship setting. You can go and teach it to yourself and that is gonna be what helps you get, get over the edge. Hello and welcome back to the Her Life Vlogcast. Hi girls. Hello. Hello. This is like straight up deja vu and I'm going to explain why in just a second. Um, but first I'd like to start with a little PSA for all the listeners. If you are recording things on Zoom and you mess up and you stop the recording and you start a new recording, the second recording doesn't save. We learned, <laughs> we learned that the hard way um, last week when we were doing our two-parter, which we like a two-parter here in her life, but you got to do a separate meeting. So hmm, yeah, I have like one minute from the beginning of an episode we tried to do. And then we were like, this sucks. Let's just start over. And that's all I have. So we are hitting it again. But I, I think it's gonna be, it was a good episode last time. It's gonna be a good episode this time. I'm excited to take another crack at it, ladies. Also, big update that's like uploading as we speak. We're on YouTube now. Girls. Woo! I'm so, so excited. Yeah, we've always been recording the visual as well as the audio. I've only ever used the audio before when we're publishing, but when I was trying to desperately to find that audio file from the last episode, I came across like <laughs> all these videos that we had just like stocked up in my Zoom. And I was like, let's show the people, let's do a behind the scenes. So the YouTube is gonna work as a behind the scenes, unedited. None of the edits I make for the podcast will be on there. It's just the raw footage. And that sounds very cool. Oh, I want to give you guys that. the inside look, but mostly it's because I don't know how to edit video. I will work on that and get better <laughs> videos to you guys, but I just don't know how to do that yet. So I'm working with Kay, actually. Kay's going to help me out on that. Shout out to Kay Kirkwood. Oh, we love you, girl. Yes. Happy birthday, by the way, Kay. And yes, happy birthday, Kay. Yeah, so YouTube is up and running. We have some IGTV. We're going to do that every week now with little clips because, like, we have a lot of these good little snippets that, like, I want more people to see. So lots of things moving and grooving this week. I'm excited about it. But let's get into today's episode. So just to kind of remind you guys what we're going to be talking about, this is our Hello Postgrad Part 2. So we're going to be doing a lot more celebration, a lot more reflection. That's totally the vibe. I really loved Part 1. I thought it was like so, I don't know, I just loved re-listening to it. I think it's, it's going to be a cool thing to look back on. Um, and then at the end, later portion of this episode, we have, we're bringing back BAB of the Week, which is a segment we haven't done since like the first episode, but I think it's a really good one. Below Deck Sandy. Below Deck, Captain Sandy, which by the way, Below Deck Ahmed is coming back on June 1st. So Captain Sandy, Hannah's going to be back. So it's like big. Anyway, BAB Alexa Schoen is going to be at the end of this episode. She's going to be on talking about her new book, hashtag entry level boss. So it's going to be, it's just like a good episode. So I'm excited to dive in for the second time. But don't worry, it's going to be just as good. I want to talk about this recent college graduation that we just had and compare it to high school graduation. Are the feelings you had similar? Is it completely different? Let's talk it out. Who wants to start? I'll start. Okay. <laughs> Usually me and Emma duke it out. Um, <laughs> yeah, I definitely was more sad and sentimental for graduating from Fordham as opposed to high school. High school, I was very much let's get out of here. Not, it wasn't really like I was sad to leave. I was like over everything. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, I was nervous about going to college and like all those nerves that come with it. But for whatever became a second home, you're living with people. It's a whole different environment. And just, it's just sentimental. You make such good memories and lifelong besties. So it's just a different feeling and definitely more sentimental and nostalgic this time around. So totally. 
Yeah, I totally agree. I was, I don't remember being sad. Like I remember seeing other girls cry at high school graduation and being like, what, like, what's that feeling? I don't get that. I was very excited to get to New York and to just like start a new thing. I was, yeah, senior year was not great in high school. So it was good to like on to bigger and better. And this time I didn't feel that way. Very sad to leave. And it's just like, I don't know, it's just going to be hard getting used to not going back there and like having that home feeling, you know? What about you, Em? Exactly. Yeah, no, I definitely have to agree with that. I like, I was honestly more worried about falling on my face because I was wearing heels and let's face it, people, I don't wear heels Mm. and literally everybody's just staring at you. And mine wasn't at a hockey arena, which is weird too. So that's like another story, right? Isn't that? Did you walk on ice? I know. I don't know how, honestly, it happened, but it was at a hockey arena for some reason. Usually it was at our community college, but this year it was called Menon Arena, where they play hockey. So that's pretty cool. But yeah, I was so ready to just get out of there because senior year was dramatic as hell. So it was time to get out of there. Yeah. I think we're all like on the same page there. And I think it made college all the better. Like it made Fordham all the better experience. Cause like, it, it's good. Not that I didn't like high school, but like comparatively, ugh, I don't know if we're going to compare <laughs> like college is better, but um, okay. So now I want to talk, cause we talked last week about how we were all had kind of unconventional graduations. So I want to talk about how we celebrated anyway, you know, like how'd you find the silver lining? I'll kick us off for this. We had, um, and if you follow me on Instagram, Snapchat, I was like really posting it up. My family threw a farm commencement and we had like a drive-in kind of ceremony. And it was really cute. We set up a ladder covered in a tablecloth. That was my podium. And I like gave a little speech. My mom talked, my dad gave a toast. Like it was just really cute. And everyone came and like decorated their cars. And then we got a nice dinner afterwards, like just my family. It was just really nice and like heartwarming. And it was a beautiful day. Like it really just was a nice day. So all things considered, and, and the virtual, beautiful. thank you. I'm at FaceTime did. It was so cute. I was like, <laughs> Julia, can you do it? I had my cousin do it. Yeah, I don't know. It, the virtual ceremony though, also we all watched that. Like that was beautiful. I thought they did a really great it job was. with that. Father Mick with those bars, like he was hitting that song. Oh. It got yeah, me about right. Eddie's. I know oh, with Eddie's, I was like, I'm already sobbing. Like he's straight up like, okay, to set the scene, he was literally singing, I guess a hymn that already exists, but then did he like write his own verse about Fordham? Like it was so beautiful. It came out of nowhere though. So I was not prepared, but it None was None of us it were expecting so it. It was absolutely beautiful. Like tears in the eye. Like it was beautiful. Oh, yeah, Father Mick. He was sure. my neighbor, guys. Father Mick. I had to email him. So sweet in the beard now. I was like, you go, Father Mick. Go off. I loved it. I, I loved it. it. That was his moment. Like he, he really commanded the stage. I can't say enough good things about Father Mick in the song. I loved it. I loved it. But anyway, Hannah, how do you celebrate on Saturday? What do you guys do? So yeah, so we, I got up. I got up a little earlier. I did my hair. I did my makeup. I got dressed like a nice dress, like one that I'd never worn before. Um, just like, let me just say for the record, you looked gorgeous. And like, I ain't the only one who thinks so. If you know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying? Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, because I just wanted to have the mindset that I was graduating yeah. to make it feel like the day sort of. And then I came downstairs and 
I got all the computer set up, which I low-key had a panic attack because I couldn't find the link and it was like 10 o'clock and I was like, oh my God, like, where's this link? It wasn't coming up for some reason. I was like, I'm going to miss my virtual commencement. <laughs> There's a like sheer panic for like five seconds and then we eventually got it. And so yeah, my grandma, mom and dad, my dog um, in her Fordham collar came. We were all just sitting on the couch watching. So we went through the motions and it was, it was really nice. It was a very good ceremony. Um, my parents kept cracking jokes. They're like, this is great. Like now we don't have to fight for parking or like leave like early and we're not sitting the sun. So, you know, I guess, I guess there's some plus sides. It's true. Yeah, yeah. So we did that. It was a beautiful day. Like you said, so we sat outside, we had cake later on. My mom made some grilled some steaks and we had some <sighs> potato. It was like a really nice dinner. Yeah. Making the most sorry, of it. So long. Jeez. <laughs> oh my God. Don't be sorry. This is an important day. I wanted to hear it all. Emma, how about yeah. you? How, like throwing it back to last year. how do you celebrate? Yeah, I know. I can't believe it's already like last year already. But um, so similar to you guys, unconventional graduation. So we, <laughs> we wound up going to Enzo's, but I can like vividly remember a moment and about our friend Kevin Berger, who has been on the blog. Friend of the show. Sorry. Right. Kevin, I know you're listening. I've never uh, talked to you about this, but you were literally like the only friend that I saw that day, which was really nice and kind of special because it felt like I was celebrating with my friends and family. All of a sudden I see like a a head bop up and like your quintessential like raise of the hand like hello <laughs> and I was like oh hello Kevin hi and he's like oh congratulations so yeah that was special to kind of just to share that moment even though yeah. you, we weren't able to kind of do it in that bigger crowd so but yeah yeah exactly. Kevin's just a good guy to like witness a big moment like I don't know and he's just gonna be so thrilled to like know that I can picture it like <laughs> Kevin but it was a good so guy because it was just like oh Hi. Oh, hey. Happy graduation. <laughs> oh, that's so that's sweet. Funny, never forget the one time real quick. I saw him. I went kayaking in the oh, hot yeah, yeah. city. And I was on the Upper West Side and I like ran into him randomly and I was just like, oh my God, Kevin? <laughs> He's just a good guy to bump into. We love Kevin. Oh, so good. Yes. I'm excited to have, we're actually going to hear from Kevin relatively soon. I'm, I'm recording with him later on this week for an episode coming up in June about pursuing your passions. And we're going to do I don't know, just like a whole deep dive on that, which I think will be super fun. I'm just excited. I love talking to Kevin. He always makes me think and like challenges me. It's just like, it's going to be a good vibe. So I'm excited about that. So I'm glad we got that Kevin, you know, little segment in. Um, Okay, so moving on now, I want to talk with Fordham now being in the rear view. Let's look back, talk about what we're going to miss a lot and then what we're not going to miss so much. We'll start with what we're going to miss. And (laughs) I will say like, (laughs) I did the outline first. Like I filled in my segments before you guys got on. And I was thinking, like, very lighthearted, like, and then you guys put in these really, like, sentimental, beautiful answers, and I literally responded, what will you miss the most about Fordham? Rachel, the basketball team. (laughs) Literally. But I think, like, and I'm so conflicted because I hate to, like, boost up the ego of the Fordham men's basketball team anymore, but there's something about those guys. And, and there's a couple of things that I think it represents for me as a person. So number one, I, just, I think I respect them a lot because of their delusional confidence. They're not the best <laughs> basketball team. I think I'm not, that's not a hot take. Like they just haven't really gotten it together in the time we were there. There was a time when the Rams were a great basketball team and we're just not there right now. And that's okay because that builds character and it's good for other reasons. And we support them and we love them regardless. However, 
they carry themselves with the energy that they are gods on this planet. And I just think that's an admirable thing. It's questionable. It may be like cocky. Yes. But like, I don't know. I think we all have something to learn from that level of just like fake it till you make it because we all believe it. You know what I'm saying? Like there's something about that team. <laughs> also, quick anecdote. I was on the phone with like a hinge date and he was like, tell me more about Fordham. Like I want to hear about like the culture of the school and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, I can tell that like you have a really great basketball team. You guys talk about them a lot on the podcast. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, first of all, thank you for listening. Like we appreciate it. But also like they're bad. Like their records are not great. And he's like, wow, I'm shocked to hear like the way you talk about them is they are the big men on campus. I was like, well, they've convinced us all. They've convinced themselves. They convinced us. And I'm going to miss that energy. That's point number one I wanted to make. And very quickly, number two, the basketball team represents, I don't know how to explain this. Am I in love with the basketball team? No. But is the basketball team in love with me? Maybe. And that feels good. I'm going to cap it there. The answer is yes, people. The answer is yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. 100%. Like, like there may be like Ever one or two. The summer. I think like it also symbolizes your personal growth for the year because Rachel that I met last year is a very different person than the Rachel this year. It's true. And not in a bad way. It's just right. like you've grown. And- yeah. And I think if I wasn't in such close proximity to the boys on that team, excuse me, the men on that team, like, I don't know if I'd, <laughs> I'd be this girl and I miss it dearly. I hate quarantine. To give you context, people, Rach, you lived with them in the summer and you lived with them senior year, so you... Yeah, I planted the seeds in the summertime, and then it was like, ooh, what's that RA all about? I don't know. Like, I think interests were peaked on both ends, and I'm I'm not mad about it. So shout out to the men's basketball team. I feel very comfortable talking openly because I know for a fact that none of them are listening to this, and that's okay. (laughs) If they are, if you are, like, you will rise to number one on the list real quick if you just hit my line and say that you heard me talk about this. Okay, (laughs) so that's what I'm going to miss about Fordham, Um, but I think I take some of them with me. What about you guys? What, Emma, we'll start with you. What are you going to, what have you missed most? Honestly, it's just like the hustle and bustle of being a student. You kind of forget how active you are, whether it's like waking up early for practice or something like that, or for RA and then practice again. But then you also have classes and you have research to do. It's like a very jam-packed day, but you also have like a lot of flexibility within that schedule I don't know like just now like working for like a business is just like you're always on the computer you don't really have you're really just only on your computer honestly I just miss being kind of like active like that and kind of passing by having lunch with you guys so just like that routine of being very very busy I really do miss um and of course just like the wholesome moments I have with you guys and like the RHO or something Mm -hmm. like that or just like the small moments you kind of like look back on you're like wow those were quite meaningful. Um, and then lastly, probably the free air quote laundry. I mean, how can you go wrong? So true. Free. And nice Ish. machines. They're relatively new. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, Dyson. What the heck? Yeah. Shout nice. out to Dyson. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, that's so true. And I think what you said about like moments that you don't even know are moments until you're looking back and like what felt so normal in every day are the things you're going to miss the most. Oof put that in a greeting card like I feel it in my soul I totally feel that Hannah how about you yeah I'm gonna miss living amongst a community of people my age my friends and that's become very clear in quarantine it's very different my jokes fall flat a lot of times (laughs) the references are just not there but like you said Emma like walking around on campus you're bound to run into people you know and even if they're, they're just acquaintances it makes like a nice walk and 
takes five minutes out of your day to just like connect with somebody. I also really love the, the gym and the workout classes. I'm really going to miss kickboxing. Carmen, if you're listening, you had a fantastic class. I love it so much. All the on-campus events, just like all the things Fordham, and of course, bingo. You know, like I love a good bingo. You love to bingo. And you did bomb at bingo too. I'm not going to lie. Yes, I did. <laughs> She's not going to lie. I broke She's up some bingo. friendships over it, but... <laughs> You won literally every time. Worth it. Not every time, but more times than not, let's say. <laughs> exactly. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We'll find you some like online bingo to get into real soon. Like, you're going through withdrawal. <laughs> I'm like a gambler or something. <laughs> what won't you miss at all about Fordham? Like, let's cheer it up a little. Like, what are you, sayonara, good riddance, not going to miss you? I'll tell you my answer. It's very simple. FMH, more specifically, the up-down nonsense of the staircases at FMH. <laughs> It, got, it, it riled me up when people disrespected those rules. It made me feel like a dweeb because I always respected the up-down. Like, I don't know. I, it just, it, it created a lot of anxiety and I didn't like it. Also, it's always hot in there. Like, I'm not going to miss FMH. Not also, like, that. 40 people in a classroom that should have probably, like, 25 max. Mm-hmm. And you're, like, on top of each other with a winter coat. Forget about it. It was the worst. I know. And then, My like, if you're studying- a vine growing in it. What? A vine? Like a real I vine? Had a, like a literal vine. Oh what? Oh my god. It was like Jumanji. No, I guess. Guys, have you ever... I'm sorry. This is... A, <laughs> I'm sorry. This is a tangent. But did you guys no, see Jumanji 2? Like yes! Jumanji? It's so funny. It's so good. Not the second Jumanji within With that Nick series. Jonas? Yes, the first one is so good. It was really so funny. Good. Yeah, it's yeah. really funny. I I'm highly shocked. recommend. Not the second, not the second one within that series though. The that one was one. bad. The first one was good. First one, hysterical. Wow, I never even considered watching that. I think never you should. Won. I agree. I second that. Okay, I fine. Agree. Well, Jumanji, <laughs> FMH. Glad we got that in there. What else are you guys glad to have parted with about Fordham? It's the frickin' parking garage. I don't know what it is, but I've always had a problem with it. I like, I try to visit you guys. The lady won't let me in, like won't even let me into the university. (laughs) Even though I said I'm going to park my car and I'll be happy to pay. She's like, no. And I'm very (laughs) confused by that. And every time I see her, I swear (laughs) she got my car or something like that. I don't know. It's just, I don't like it. I know exactly who you're (gasps) talking about too. And then I asked my dad and he's like, yeah, I drove right in. I'm like, what? Yeah, well, that's so another funny. thing that I have to say, like, you could be any middle-aged guy going in there and all you have to be is like, my daughter goes here and they'll just let you in. Like, I get that it's, it's good that's when it so actually true. is your dad, but like anybody could get in there if you just say you're a dad. I assume the same happens with moms. But like, my dad's just like, I'm the dad. And they're like, go right in, sir. And it's like, how do you prove that you're the dad? <laughs> I'm just saying, could be a potential issue. Not going to miss that. I'm definitely not going to miss having a weekend's worth of work. Yeah. Happy to have my weekends back and totally. not be like Sunday night. Has Sunday scaries may have a different meaning in adulthood, but definitely not like, oh, time. I have a final tomorrow that I didn't study for. You know what I mean? Totally. What you were saying reminded me, I'm also definitely not going to miss weekend duties as an RA, being on for 24 oh, hours on yeah. call. Like that is something no. I'm like so thrilled to be done with and I'm not going to miss that in this life. X. There's things I'm going to miss about being an RA, but X to the duty mm-hmm. shifts. Like I'm so done with that. Also... Not going to miss not having AC, putting yeah. up with that for two years or three years 
was far too much. Yeah. And I would love to not have to wake up and sweat. Yeah, it's so nice. Simple pleasures, man. It's like not being sweaty when you wake, yeah. I get it. So we are, we are moving on to bigger and better in a lot of ways. So it's important to remind each other of that. But overall, we still love Fordham like Fordham Rocks. Um, okay, moving on. Yep, go Rams. So moving on, I want to talk a little bit about post-grad resolutions. I think, you know, we talk a lot about New Year's resolutions, you know, trying to like set a goal for yourself and become a better version of yourself. And I think this is a perfect time to do that as well. I always do new school year resolutions, new year resolutions, and now a little post-grad resolution. I'll start. My post-grad resolution has a lot to do with social media. I struggle, especially now since quarantine has been a thing, I've struggled a lot with social media. Like, should I have it? Should I not? When should I be posting? First of all, I give myself a lot of anxiety about like what I should be posting and when, and if I'm like posting the cool right thing. Also like stalking people that I maybe shouldn't, like maybe it's not the healthiest thing to like stalk this boy. So I've been doing a lot of that post quarantine and it's not great. So I'm trying to restructure those habits into something that brings me joy because I think ultimately like Instagram genuinely does bring me joy. I love it a lot and there's a lot of positivity that can come from it. So I think for me, it's just making like a conscious effort to follow people who inspire me and unfollow people who bring me down in any way and also just freeing myself up give myself permission not to follow a person not because I don't like them or blah 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 but just there's no obligation anymore I guess to follow people just because there's a Fordham connection or whatever does that make sense I love that for you no it does yeah why follow people that don't have any impact on you or sometimes you just like meet at a party like oh my god let's follow each other right you're like who even is this person or they're just mean and you don't want them in your life Right. So I just think it's going to be a nice, like, refresher. This is a good time to, like, reassess, go through my feed, and figure out who do I really want to be there. And I encourage everybody to do the same, because I think it's just good to check in with yourself on that, too. That's my resolution. And yeah, I'm just trying, I think, like I said, especially now in quarantine, there's a lot of time to just be, like, scrolling mindlessly. And I think that can have a lot of negative side effects if you let it. So I'm trying not to let it. Some days are better than others, but, like, that's the name of the game. We're just getting through it. So... That's just quarantine, honey. I know. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's That's true. That's true. Mine kind of piggybacks off yours, right? Yeah, hit me. So I guess like going into the summer of 2019 last year, I was definitely like in denial of graduating or that I have, I had graduated, Um, Mm -hmm. especially since like being friends with you guys. I thought I was literally going to go back to RA training in August. Um, And I think going back to your point, Rachel, about social media, like I, at the end of the summer, I saw everybody kind of going back into the city and realizing, oh, they're moving into their apartments. They're starting their big girl jobs, et cetera. And here I was like living at home in New Jersey. And so I was definitely feeling bad about myself, which I had to like get that out of my head because I was doing nothing to kind of like help myself. And so my resolution was kind of just to like say to myself that there's literally no timeline after post-grad which is I guess a realization too because prior to graduating you kind of always had that goal to graduate right so I guess now it was like understanding that there is no concrete timeline of when you have to say get a job etc and that kind of calmed my nerves with everything so yeah I guess that was my big resolution for myself was just like put pressure off myself um, and kind of just go at my own pace and I suggest you guys do the same as well just kind of like trust yourself and that it will happen it's been and it's been really cool to like kind of 
watch you go through that because I think I learned so much just through and how open you were about how you were feeling and how things were going and now how you've arrived at a place that's so just accepting and like excited about the future and like it obviously worked out really well for you you know what I'm saying like you're in a good place and it was cool it was inspiring for me to watch that happen for you because I think it makes me right now not having a job and not really knowing what's going to happen after the summer after quarantine all of it I, I'm more open to just being like it's okay like we'll make it work you're going to put in the work something's going to happen when it happens and yeah I am just like thank you for being so open because I think I wonder if I were in that position I have to think I'd kind of shut down a little bit and kind of bottle that all inside so I appreciate you for but yeah those are good good resolutions yeah um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so basically I'm just gonna focus on myself so that I have this time because quarantine kind of extended this summer, it started earlier, you know, so I'm just gonna take this time to really just get in good shape and really just be the best version of myself I can be, which kind of sounds cliche, but I'm actually gonna put my best effort into doing it because I don't have to worry about school or anything else, you know, that comes along with that. So, and I know I'm not gonna have like this much time again on my hands so I'm really trying to make the most out of it whether it's it's with the blog or whatever I want to do like painting ideally I would have liked to take a trip but corona happened so <laughs> we'll see maybe eventually but yeah just be be me be my best me unapologetically yeah I think that's something just and even reflecting like going back to last week what we talked about a lot I think a lot of us have gotten just better at being the unapologetic versions of ourselves. Like I think we're all just getting more comfortable with the versions of ourselves that we graduated as and just letting that version lead us into post-grad. And that's something I'm really happy about and grateful for, you know, and that's what college is for. Like, so I think we, I don't know, we did good. Like I'm just proud of how far we've come really. I think we bring it out of each other too. Cause I definitely, even in the past two years, like meeting you guys, I changed so much in a good way. So Thank I think you. you're you're so welcome. And like same. I think the people you surround yourself with have so much to do with your own personal growth and how you view the world and everything. And that could be for better, like in our case, or it could definitely be for worse. So that's I think something to always be tuned into. And it really just affects everything. So thank you guys for being positive circle. <laughs> oh, it's just something <laughs> with joy. I love you guys a lot. Okay. Next thing I have on our agenda here. How have you or slash do you envision your post-grad life? I have a very specific vision that I'm excited to share with you because I don't know if I ever totally went through this all with you. So first of all, it's always been New York. I wanted to go to college there. I wanted to stay there, especially now being home. That's more true than ever. Like what I would do to just go to Central Park is like, I just, I miss it there so much. But I have this like symbol in my mind of a blue apartment like specifically, I guess, a blue bedroom within a blue apartment, but like a very, like, I know the exact color. It's Benjamin Moore, electric blue. And I looked that up because that's the color of Carrie Bradshaw's apartment in Sex and the City, which like, obviously, it'd be so cool to be Carrie Bradshaw, except like with better judgment. Besides that, it'd be cool to like write for a living. That's like one thing. But also just, I don't know. There's something about her apartment. There's the same color in To All the Boys I Loved Before. I don't know if that movie has a beautiful color scheme, by the way. There's so many movies and TV shows that I've noticed this blue color of the walls, and it just, like, speaks to my soul. It sounds so weird, but it's so true. And I think I figured out why in doing this outline. I think it's just this unapologetic color. There's nothing subtle about an electric 
blue room. You know what I mean? Like, you're not trying to apologize. Like, you're like, this is me world. Like, this is the version of my life that I'm living. And I don't know, for me, it's always been like, I have this like movie montage playing in my head of me, like moving to New York and getting to my first apartment and painting my bedroom blue. And just like, I've arrived. Like now the new chapter begins. Like that's, I don't know. And I don't even like blue. I'm just like so confused by this, but I feel it so much in my soul and I can't wait to just go to like a Lowe's and buy Benjamin Moore electric blue. Like I really oh, can't wait. I, really can't I have something that. to say for you. Sure, hit me. My mom says that she wears blue on client calls, especially when she's meeting a new person because blue is a sign of welcoming and trust. So I don't know. That could probably be something. That, that cool. totally could be. You know what? Nora Doyle just did a thing on her blog about color psychology, and I haven't looked into it too much, but I think there's something so fascinating about that. And she does it in advertising, like what color ads speak to a certain thing and like how there's so much strategy that goes into just the color scheme of print ad. So it'd be cool to like, maybe I'll I'll look that up and link that too, because yeah, that's interesting. Look at Mama Spalds with all this knowledge. Like, I'm not even surprised that she knows that. (laughs) Yeah, so for me... Post-grad, the vision that I've always had and I think will always have is New York City blue apartment. Hopefully a beautiful walk up on the Upper West Side. But like, will I hit the lottery? I'm not so sure. You know, that's me. With exposed brick. Exposed brick, yeah. Yes. Oh. If it doesn't have it, we don't want it. X. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. What about you, Em? Like, what was your post-grad vision? Like, I would have to definitely piggyback off of you with the New York City aspect. I mean, going to Fordham, you're just kind of always drawn to the city in the first place. And I, you just fall in love with it even more, like living in there. Um, but of course, like the Bronx is totally different than like, I guess, the actual city, you would yeah. say. So I definitely wanted to kind of get lower into Manhattan there. So now I'm in South Harlem, which is great. And I love it. Um, But I think most importantly is just I wanted to be a strong, independent woman and kind of continue that feeling after college because I felt very comfortable with myself, etc. And I know that when usually I and put into a new environment or don't really know people, I kind of resort to my high school self, which I never really wanted to do anymore. I, my high school self, I just was not comfortable with myself, like did not want to speak to anybody. And I just always second guessed myself. Um, so I definitely just wanted to continue being that strong, independent woman. And with that, I also wanted to meet new people. And I still want to meet new people, but I've kind of realized that it is quite difficult meeting new people post-grad, just because people kind of do their own thing. It depends on like the company that you work for, et cetera. So I definitely want to try a little bit harder to make those relationships. But of course, like relationships, like what I have with you guys will take some time. So I kind of have to realize that. Um, And then I guess going off of that, it's just being like a good friend to you guys and always continue being that like, role model if you want to say for you guys even though I'm just like a year older than you I don't know but providing you support so yeah yeah so much boldy (laughs) yeah no a thousand percent like you are (laughs) you're my lighthouse (laughs) (laughs) all right well (laughs) um with that I also envision myself living and working in New York City just (laughs) The dream, like any montage, like you guys are saying, you can picture in a movie, that was it. Like, 
the heels, like the strut to work, you know, the beautiful hair, like, I don't know, <laughs> just all doing no, it all. I, I feel it. And being confident and the most successful I can be in whatever it is I do. And yeah, just living with my friends and living out the 20 something lifestyle where you're going out on the weekends and cooking dinners and going to brunch. So that's just it. That's the dream, my friends. I love it. Oh, and I feel like I just, I want it to happen so much, but I think the fact that it's kind of getting drawn out a little more than maybe we thought is just going to make it that much better when we get to it and get to like live it. We just get to dream about it a little more and there's nothing wrong with that at all. Oh, I love it. This is all reminding me really quick. I want to plug a show. I know like we're not doing a whole content catch up this week because we like don't have time, but I need to, I need to talk really, really fast about this new Hulu series I started watching and already finished watching literally in one day. I watched all 10 episodes. It's so phenomenal. High fidelity. It's based on an early 2000s rom-com John Cusack movie. Is it Cusack or Kerouac? Wait, which one is the author? Which one's the rom-com? Guy? Cusack. It's Cusack. Okay. Cusack. I guess I'm very confused. So, John Cusack. It was based on the movie of him. Now Zoe Kravitz is like the star. And it's, it, it reminds me kind of of Sex and the City because it's this like very flawed protagonist. And I only watched this because they talked about it on Girls Gotta Eat and they like tell me how to live my life. So like, thank you, Raina. Or I think it was Ashley who watched that. Anyway, so phenomenally good and it's just like it made me just ache to be in New York because it's set in New York and she's just like living her life and I just oh, I just want you guys all to watch this so we can talk about it next week okay Okay, thank you. <laughs> I was going to say, Rach, I think like you definitely inspired me with that idea of the blue room. I think for all of us, that blue room is kind of just like that quintessential New York experience or totally. just like being successful in New York City. So maybe that's what like you're going for with the blue yeah. room. But definitely, I think that inspired me. It's just like, okay, let's go after our blue room, ladies. Right. Like, it's just a good symbol for like what we're trying to achieve. And I think it's just as much of a state of mind as it is any, however you want to define success. I think so much of it is like how you're feeling and feeling like you're in the right place. And I think that's something that we all very much achieved at Fordham. And that's what made it so wonderful. And I think I'm just, I'm really excited to find the next place that feels like home like that and feels like you're in the right place. And that's going to be the blue room. We just have to find it, you know? Make it your oh. Keating. Yes. Aww. The blue room is it. Oh, man. This is hitting me. Okay. So we've been talking a lot about post-grad because obviously it's a hello post-grad episode. But a lot of this post-grad stress slash excitement, because I think it always goes both ways, revolves around the job search. We all have varied experience looking for jobs. And it, there's no way it's not stressful. It just is. And it's something like a great equalizer. We all go through it. You have to. There's a lot of stress surrounding how you're going to support yourself, how you're going to get to the city you love, how you're going to get to that quintessential blue room, whatever that is for you. And I got the chance a couple of weeks ago to read Alexa Schoen's book, Entry Level Boss. I was actually on the like influencer list for it, which felt <laughs> so cool. I love that. It was only because I knew her intern, but like, it doesn't matter. Influencer, I have arrived. Felt amazing. But I wanted to read a little tiny, tiny snippet that I wrote about in the review for the book to lead us into our BAB of the week, who is the author. Here is the quote. Entry Level Boss, the book, is the kind of self-help that solves a problem in your own life, yes, but beyond that, Entry Level Boss is the kind of self-help that makes you want to shout it from the rooftops to tell everyone else who might be struggling that there is an easier and more human way, and it will probably get you hired faster than you think. Essentially, in her book, Alexa just breaks down all the dumb rules that don't really matter about job searching, whether it's the language we use in our resume or how you craft an email after an interview, like a follow-up email. 
all these like really weird things that really just make you seem exactly identical to every other candidate and how to kind of set yourself apart and be true to yourself and just make it a more human experience because at the end of the day like a human being is reading your resume so write for that human don't write for like the computer you know so it just it made a lot of sense and she also just wrote it in a really cute way it reminded me very much of like a Mindy Kaling memoir I don't know if you guys read any Mindy Kaling's books but they're just like such easy reads because it feels like a friend is talking to you so to get advice like that from an author who felt like a friend was like a really just an inspiring thing it made me excited to like redo my resume which is a sentence I've never said before you know so so then I was looking more into this author because she just seemed really cool and she talked about a few of these things in her book, but I wanna give you guys the rundown for our BAB of the week, Alexa Schoen. And for new listeners who maybe didn't listen to that first episode, BAB stands for Badass Bitch. Badass Bitch. It's a beautiful segment. I think there's so many badass bitches out there who are inspiring to us all. So this week's is Alexa Schoen. A little background, she went to Notre Dame, class of 2011, um, graduated with bachelor's in English, so I feel you, girl. Then she got her master's in performance, um, jazz vocals at Leeds College of Music. Cool. So she's just like an artsy, cool chick. Then she went on to be a freelance copywriter, which isn't exactly like what you might expect, but she was just kind of making her own path in the world and figuring it out. And she ultimately ended up in Berlin, which is where I think her truest BAB self comes through. So I'll tell you the story. This I got from her official Instagram, at Alexa Show, and she wrote on May 3rd, six years ago today, this very day, I got off the plane by myself in Berlin. I had no partner. I had no job. I spoke no German. I had no friends. I had no visa. All I had was a fresh stack of business cards, full price tickets to two tech conferences, and a six-week Airbnb booking. So like, dang, like that takes a whole level of guts that like I cannot imagine myself having at this age, at 24, like she was. That's insane. I can't even wrap my head around it. What a badass, right? Then she wrote in like the dedication to her book, which this is maybe my favorite part of the entire book because it just like inspired me in my very core. She wrote in her dedication, this book was written for the 24-year-old girl who decided to go start her life the way she saw fit. Look at us, honey. Look at what we did. Oh, don't you feel it? It makes me want to I want to go conquer the world right now. Right? I want like, to go move somewhere new where you don't speak the language just to say you did right. it. Like, that is so cool. I don't know. That's just kind of like she's very spunky because I think you have to be to tackle something like that. And that's just kind of how she writes her book. Like you do you and be unapologetic about it. And you're going to, your career will just happen. You know what I mean? Because you're putting in the work and you're being true to yourself. So yeah, so I'm excited to talk to her, which is coming up very shortly, right after this little, I'll probably play our music right here, and then we'll slide right into my interview with Alexa. I'm so excited to chat with her. She's had such a fun week because her book was just released. So she's just had a ton of fun, and she's getting so much. She's number one on Amazon book list right now, which is insane. Like, it's just, it's so cool. So I'm so excited. But yeah, girls, thank you so much for doing this part two for the second time. Of course. <laughs> I appreciate you for being here, and I'm just, I'm excited about the future. I really am. That's a cool thing to say because there's so many unknowns, but I really am excited. How do you guys feel? That's the exciting part about it, I think. True. The unknown. (laughs) Thank you for joining me. I'm excited, I don't know, for more episodes to come, for a future, etc. We're going to turn it over to Alexa now. Thank you guys for listening. Okay, and here we go. I'm with Alexa Schoen. Thank you so much for being here. 
so, so, so happy to be here, Rachel. I, I literally, I feel like I know you, first of all, because I've been following on Instagram, like, very closely, because this has been such a, a few weeks now, right? Like, it's been a really fun time for you, I'm sure. How's that been going? It has been going wonderfully, and thank you for applauding and cheerleading, because that actually, you know, means a lot, especially during a global pandemic. Right. Uh, Putting out a book and being an author is a really strange process because uh, I'm going to equate it to like how I feel or how I will feel. I think when I walk down the aisle at my own wedding, it's this weird like meta thing of like you build it up for so long in your head and then you're just like, here I am walking down the aisle. Like here, there's my dad, there's my mom. Like, like it's that same thing of like, okay, yep. Now my book's on Amazon. Yep. Now people are reading it. It's this weird, strange, like you're trying to meta process it and experience it at the same time. It's, it's a weird vibe, but yeah, I'm taking it one day at a time. Yeah, no, and that's a cool analogy because it is. It's like so much build up, and I, you do, and I, I have that on here later. It's like English major to English major. Like I feel how cool to see your work in print. You know what I mean? You spend so long studying books and seeing it all, but like to see your work come to fruition and like do really, really well, number one on Amazon, like that's a big deal. Yeah, I, I, you are exactly right. It is a big deal. And I think it's, um, I find it to be so hilarious that I'm an English major who became an author because I was absolutely the English major that like cheated and read Cliff Notes in order yeah. to write my essays. <laughs> so, look at me now. <laughs> you, you proved them all wrong. I love it. <laughs> That's so good. More about um, the book deal process. Walk me through maybe like the behind the scenes of that. What surprised you about the process? Because again, I feel like it's such a dream for so many people, but like, I don't know the nuts and bolts of it. It seems like a much longer process than I ever would have assumed. So just talk me through some of that. It absolutely is. So I am, um, <laughs> I, li- I like to call myself a hashtag shitty author uh, occasionally. <laughs> Uh, and I say that because number one, I did not read uh, books with the kind of um, majesty that I think they probably deserve now having gone through the process of writing a book, because as to your point, it is such a long, long, long process. Uh, and the reason that it's so long is also something I didn't really understand. But like basically publishing is fascinating because like not only do you have to like sell the book, uh, but then also you have to manufacture the physical item of the book. And so there's this whole multifaceted thing that's got to go on. I am really annoying in that my literary agent came and found me, which is one of those crazy sentences that like must sound crazy and I hear it fall out of my mouth and I'm like, I sound like such an asshole where I'm like, I don't know how to get an agent. My agent found me. Uh, but that is actually what happened. And we met uh, as I was starting a different job. I worked at Facebook before I wrote the book. And I kind of met her on a conference day out. We were talking about marketing stuff. And then I just randomly was on a podcast episode, got interviewed about this newsletter that I had been running at the time, Entry Level Boss, which was a newsletter about how to get a job when you graduate from college. And she uh, listened to the podcast and she DM'd me on Instagram and she was like, you don't remember me. I only met you one time, uh, but I used to be the head of marketing for like a big publishing house in London. And she was like, I'm starting a literary agency and I think that you actually have something compelling here which is so cool and like what dreams are made of and all that. Um, And in my head, I always thought Entry Level Boss would make a great book, but I was too, like, I didn't want to be an author enough to want to have to go and find an agent. So like nothing seemed worse to me than like having to do a homework assignment and having no one to turn it into. So I was like, sweet, I have someone to turn my homework into. Uh, And yeah, then, then slowly, slowly, slowly the book was born, but 
I mean, when we had that conversation initially, that was over two years ago. Yeah. And like you said, the book just came out two weeks ago. So it's, it's a process. Yeah. But no, that's so cool to hear like how you came to be as an author. Um, I wanted to talk to you also about your writing style and your tone, because when I read the book, that's what I found, like, I think the most striking because, and anyone who's read it a thousand percent knows what I mean. And you obviously do too, but it's like, you feel like a friend. I feel like I know you, it's written like a memoir in a lot of parts where I just feel like I know your story and can therefore trust your advice. But at the same time, it's professional advice. You know what I mean? I was, I don't want to say nervous going into reading it, but I was like, okay, someone's just going to lecture me about what I'm doing wrong. And I'm like, not going to feel great when I'm finished with this book. But that couldn't be further than the way I felt, which I like, thank you for, because I feel like that's definitely, it just was nice. It was refreshing to read. So how did you find that style, that voice? I, if you, if you read the um, dedication of the book, uh, it says to the 24 year old girl who already thought her career was a lost cause love older you and that has been what's so strange about this book is they always say or some authors say like i said i'm a shitty author i didn't study how to write a book before i did this but i'd written a lot of newsletters and the process of writing a newsletter is uh to basically write an email to somebody right it's kind of like writing to a pen pal Mm -hmm. and elizabeth gilbert always says when she writes books like just pick one person and write to that person and you'll be surprised how much people resonate with that and so i think for me i could never really you know imagine like you out in the world or like i didn't have any specific 22 year old in my own life but i had the like deep like really 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 painful memory of like can't breathe, can't sleep, crying like outside my office at my shitty internship where I just hate my life. And like, mm-hmm. so I had the memory of my past. And so it is so cheesy of that, like be the person that you wanted to be when you were younger or whatever. But yeah. like that, that is who the book is for. And I think it's, it's strange, especially now at this time, because people are like, how did you predict to write a book that would be so helpful for this era? And even though I graduated in a, a different time, you know, I, I just felt that, that dread and that weight so heavily. And like, I I know exactly what that feels like. And I think the thing that's, I guess, good about me as a career coach or as an author or whatever is like, I, I never forgot how scary it feels. And so that is why I'm able to, to speak to it so accurately. Yeah, no. And I really do feel like you did a phenomenal job because it's like, I don't know, it's not like you got lucky and just had all these good breaks like you worked really really hard and you you've been through what a lot of us recent grads especially now are going through and it's weird and it's scary so it's just you felt that when you read it so it was just really like I said I think refreshing is the best word I can use to describe because it I don't it's just so not what I expected going into the book I think that I will just like use that opportunity to tell your audience because I know your audience is is lots of Mm -hmm. people who are also experiencing the same thing right now of I think the reason that so much job search advice feels so frustrating is it's from people who have been successful since day one. It's not necessarily people who are privileged or whatever, but specifically it's this phenomenon of people who got onto the big like graduate fellowship scheme at Johnson and Johnson or like started straight away at Deloitte. They don't know what it's like to like have that immediate panic of like, I don't know what happens after this three month internship because they always had the next thing lined up. And so I'll I'll point that out that like that is, actually a tiny subset of the population, but it's where most career advice comes from. And that's why it's so annoying. (laughs) Yeah, no, I totally, and I feel like I didn't know enough about it to like pinpoint exactly why (laughs) it was so frustrating to me, but (laughs) like you nailed it. Yeah. Because like you said, lots of our listeners are in the same place as me. It's kind of like, 
okay, it's like, what next? One, because we're just used to going through school and being like, okay, you get to the finals and then you get to the next semester. And now it's just, there's no timeline anymore. So it was cool to hear you be like, that's okay. Like, well, yeah. Another thing I wanted to ask, do you wish a book like this existed when you graduated from college or are you glad, like, I want to ask, are you glad you got to be the one to kind of lead the way or I also think there's something so specific about this moment that it's important that it's coming out now. So I don't know if it would have had the same impact, but talk me through how you feel about that. I, uh, I wish that some singular person would have thought to articulate everything to me in the book in the order that I get to articulate it to you in. Yeah. Um, because uh, what I have said to lots of my very, very successful friends in the world, you know, who now work at places like Budweiser or Instagram or TikTok or what, like, I have lots of cool, fancy friends in my life. And they're always like, oh yeah, that's so smart. That makes sense when I explain to them what I am teaching people. Mm. But the thing is that I had to digest all of those lessons from 400 different sources the hard way. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the criticisms I've gotten about the book is like, oh, like you could just Google this stuff on the internet. And I'm like, you could, but it's going to take you four years to even figure out what to Google in order to actually right. learn this stuff. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I, of course, wish that it would have been around for me, but I guess I'll say that I'm very proud to be the person who is able to articulate it for other people. Yes, I, I agree. I'm glad it's you too. I just, like I said, <laughs> your phone and being you is very cool to me and it's cool to experience it. Wow, this is just really cool. Like I said, I feel like I know you, so this is just like <laughs> you, Rachel. <laughs> um, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know you're super busy, but if you could leave us with like one piece of advice, like you're just go to for someone who doesn't have a job right now, besides buy the book, because that's a thousand percent like anyone listening buy the book because you won't regret it. But what is your number one piece of advice for a class of 2020 recent grad? Cool. Okay. Uh I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take this in two steps. The first thing is gonna be to uh, breathe and tune out the news and probably turn out your parents or like anybody who's 20 to 30 years older than you. Mm -hmm. uh, not because they don't have some valuable advice, but uh, the generation above, kind of our you know parents or whatever, they tend to also really resonate with the book because they don't understand why their advice is not landing well with you <laughs> and like why it sounds frustrating or why you don't think it makes sense or whatever. So, so I'll say breathe and sort of tune, tune people out. That's step one. And then step two, uh, which is the same thing as step two in the book is basically about teaching yourself really, really, really hireable skills or figuring out what you're going to be able to bring to a job on day one. And what I mean by that is I see this phenomenon that happens, and this will be something actually that's really, really interesting for your class in particular, is after the global financial crisis, the recession in 2008, right? This is where this phenomenon came from of every single entry level job needing one to three years of experience. And you're like, where the fuck is this experience? I don't have it. And the reason that that happened 
was because you had a whole bunch of layoffs, right? And then all these kind of mid-level people who were five or six years into their career couldn't find a job. So then they got hired in these entry-level jobs. And then all the entry-level people could now ask for three years of experience because of the recession. And then the market just shifted in this really stupid way, right? I'm not saying it's fair, it's dumb, whatever. But unfortunately, all of our colleges still teach like, you just need a degree and then you go out and you'll get that job. And then we all look at the job market and we're like, actually, that sounds a bit bullshit. And you're clearly lied to me and I don't understand why. Uh, and so I see people get into this like, spiral basically where they're like but alexa you don't understand like i can't get the internship in order to get the experience in order to get the first job and i see people stay there for their entire life where they just go back and like work at starbucks for the healthcare because they they don't understand how to get over this threshold and so first i want to acknowledge that like this is a real thing that people don't talk about the fact that there's this gap of like where do you get this experience from and the second thing that i'll tell you will be like it is now up to you, strategic critical thinker who just went to college, to figure out how you are going to magically jump over this gap. Is it that you are really, really great at Photoshop and you could be stupidly good at Photoshop? Is it that you're a writer, but you're also gonna teach yourself how to run Facebook ads from just watching YouTube tutorials, right? Like whatever it is, figure out ways to upskill in these little ways that are like actually really useful in the modern economy whatever that means for whatever you want to be interested in. Um, and you're allowed to do that and you don't need to like wait for permission to like learn it in an official internship setting. You can go and teach it to yourself and that is going to be what helps you get, get over the edge. Cause yeah. I understand that it is crazy and annoying and yeah, figure out ways to hack it. <laughs> yeah. And like we have a lot of time now we're in quarantine to like you said, go on YouTube and find tutorials and just teach yourself some really like you said, hireable skills. So feel so good. I feel like there's a million things I want to go do now and like update my LinkedIn and like I just feel ready. I love this. But thank you. So yeah. Before we end, plug your stuff. Where can we find you online? Where can we buy the book? Tell us all that. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. Uh, the book is called Entry Level Boss, How to Get Any Job You Want. And you can go to entrylevelboss.com slash book, or you can find it wherever books are sold anywhere on the internet. Uh, and there's also an audio book. And uh, somebody left me like a pretty shitty review the other day on Goodreads, but they said that I'm the best audiobook narrator that they've ever listened to in their entire life. So I was like, that was a backhanded compliment and I will take I'll it. Take it. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, if you want to follow me, Alexa Schoen, S-H-O-E-N, or on the Entry Level Boss Instagram, I do free career clinics uh, a couple times a month where you can come hang out and ask me questions and, and yeah, come back to the College Career Center that should have existed at your local university. <laughs> well, thank you so, so much. I'm sure you, I hope you get a little spike because I, I love following you. I love seeing, it's career, but it's also just fun. Like I said, it's been so cool to watch this journey for you. I'm just happy for you and I'm happy for me because now I have a lot of new tools that I can use. So that's a win-win. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, we'll keep in touch for sure though, because I love this. <laughs> oh, thank you, Rachel. You are the best. And thank you for being such an evangelist of my work. <laughs> you are the best, guys. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Alexa Schoen and me, Rachel Malik, and this has been the Harlech Podcast.